Come on, come all to the greatest show on earth. And by this I mean, boys and girls, we are ready for an exciting episode of Buckeye Long Bastards of Heaven and The Boy. We have come to, I guess, the uh, final. Final part of the season now. It's the final countdown. It's your we favorite have, song. You should. Uh, we should have. Uh, once we're done recording this, what we should do is have you jump on the keyboard and do your little, you know, uh, Europe rendition, uh, so that we could have that as a lead-in. Yeah. So. 28 games. We missed the uh, 29th because they happened so fast that we uh, didn't get ahead of it. Is it 28? But, I counted 27. Well, unless uh, Army and West Virginia, because I know they added that one since Tennessee canceled. I don't know. If, unless there was another one uh, that canceled. Well, there was one that canceled. South Carolina canceled. Uh, oh, the Gorilla Bowl or whatever it's called. Which is that? I don't even know what that is. Gasparilla Bowl. I think it's South Carolina. <laughs> you know, this is weird gear when you have too many teams, um, even in a bowl game. I know, I know right. a lot of these. This is a, partace, uh, a participation award year, uh, clearly. Um, so, I don't know. Do I, I have 27 uh, counted? Right, yeah. minus, well, they got, minus what? On this, that one, the South Carolina one would make it 26. But we can go through and wait. What and a, see if I'm do you have? Do you have the West Virginia Army? I believe I have that one on here. Yes. In fact, okay. uh, there was spread on it, so I put it as my one. Oops! I just let out some information. What? Uh, that it's it's my one. I already. Oh yeah. <laughs> shit! Um, did they did they not put a spread on it yet? Uh not that I had seen yesterday. I, I went yeah, through. I haven't looked today yet, so I went through all twenty seven <laughs> yesterday. Uh, and yes, as of yesterday, they did not have a spread on it. All right. Well, let me. Uh, I'm gonna run through and change. Oh, man, let's go through the games real quick, because I still have 27, unless there was another, okay. one can another one canceled that I'm not aware of. So, Let's do it. Oregon, A&M, and then the National Championship. Oh, yeah, yeah, the National Championship. <laughs> Could I forget that one? Yeah, that's <laughs> the one I didn't uh, have in it, because we don't know who's playing yet. So, Yeah. So we'll have to do that one you know, by itself, right? We may get on there excitedly because hopefully it would be Ohio State playing in that game. Uh, right. Or with a great somber attitude, we would do a quick five-minute episode for all that want to hear our eloquent speaking voices on, on who we think is going to win that particular game. Now, as I say this in the background, we do have Christmas music going, so you know that might get picked up, and that's not a bad thing because it is... Christmas time. 
Indeed. Um, so yeah, I just I just set a uh, ranking for the national championship. Then obviously, you know, I'll pick whoever it is when the spread comes out for that game. Okay. So you're just living life on the edge there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All righty then. I'm just, I keep losing. Oh, that's why. I already, I already had that one set in stone for 24, so. Was it really? Did you get out a block of marble and chisel it into the stone? Yes, because I already won BYU at 24, so. Yes, you did. That was a, that was a, that was a big one, 24. When you uh, sent that to me, I'm like, wow, that's a big number on BYU. Because uh, obviously I, I went with UCF and that was a terrible pick, but I went with five on that one. Uh, clearly, I wasn't overly confident in it, um, but it is what it is. What it is, what it is. Which, by the way, on those first four, we differed on three already. Usually, it takes us forever to differ on any games whatsoever, but in this case, we had already differed on three games. You picked BYU, I picked UCF. You picked Georgia State, I picked La Tech. You picked FAU, I picked Memphis. Yeah, currently, uh, looks like you have the Memphis game, although if they score a touchdown, because I had that spread at eight, so. Yeah, that spread is at eight. That's what I have it at as as well. I'll have to make sure we have the same spreads, too, but. Yeah, so right now it's 25 to 10. Memphis is leading. So, yes, as of right now, I have that game. (laughs) Thankfully, because, wow, um, really missed on the the law tech. I put four on the Louisiana tech, and I I really don't know why. I I looked at that game, and I'm like, I don't really have any clue. (laughs) Louisiana tech, Georgia, Southern. I mean, uh, after I got done saying, who cares? (laughs) Then I'm like, how will I pick this one? Right. That's how I felt for most of the group of five ones, but. Yeah. Well, truth be told, that's how I feel on most of these. Um, it really. I mean, a lot of them are not great matchups, so. No, they're not. They're not. However, what I would say is I'm very intrigued by many of the SEC matchups. You know, I, I the SEC had. A stellar um, bowl record last year, and therefore heading into the season, I said, "Well, you don't have any other data to go by. They're not playing uh, out of conference schedules this year, so SEC probably is the strongest conference, merely based off of that data point of having a stellar um, bowl season last year." I do think that the SEC does tend to get a little lucky sometimes with their matchups in bowl games, but that's, that's kind of wishy-washy. That's highly subjective. I get, uh, I'm saying that though, because I look at a lot of the matchups the SEC has this year. I'm thinking, wow, that, uh, that could be really tough. And I think it's because they're, they're letting anybody play, you know, right. in a normal year, um, they wouldn't be playing. They, they wouldn't be playing at all. They would not have gotten the bowl invitation. I think because of that, you have some SEC teams that are in their middle or bottom that are playing games that they may not win. Um, forget about the spreads. They, they may not even win some of these games. So I think that right. intrigues me. Yeah. Otherwise, think, yeah, terrible matchups. 
Yeah, I think what intrigues me most is the fact that the Big Ten just got screwed, absolutely screwed on bowl games. Yes, they did. Because the majority of Big Ten teams have to play those SEC teams. Well, I don't think that's screwing them because I think a lot of those matchups uh, are pretty good ones. Uh, you yeah, know, I it, do too. But if if you if forget about us, but if anybody's going to come out and and try to argue that. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people do admit year in and year out that SEC may be SEC may be um, the top conference. The problem really, uh, if and when it is, you know, they they make the SEC out to be this just phenomenal juggernaut, which is just a bunch of a load of crap, really. Um, but I can say that all I want. I think this year serves as a good year to try to really prove that because. You do have some of these matchups where you're really starting to look at their middle tier teams and their lower tier teams against uh, competition outside of the conference. You don't get that usually in the bowl season. Um, a lot of times what happens is you'll get a, an SEC team that's toward the top battling against uh, a team from another conference that's usually in the middle. Uh, so I, 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 I think I think that's that's why it intrigues me. I think this yeah. is a good opportunity to show, relatively speaking, how the SEC really matches up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, so yeah, there are some interesting. Even though I, I think they're, you know, the Big Ten still got screwed. There are some interesting matchups, um, at least in a couple of them. But you know, overall, you know, there there are a couple. Good bowl games and ones that I'll be interested to watch, but yeah, the, the vast majority of them, I, I don't care. I mean, no one usually ever does, but this year especially, it seems like. Yeah, and no, college football, it's interesting because I don't really get a lot into uh, other sports anymore. When I was young, uh, that's all I wanted to do. Heck, when college football was over, uh, you could find me on a Saturday watching ABC's Wide World of Sports, <laughs> even some you know, snow skiing or something, which I, uh, I rarely would watch anyway, you know. But hey, it's sports, you know. So I would I would get on and I would I would watch. So when I was younger, as long as it was sports, I was going to watch it. Uh, but anymore, I really I don't care a lot about a lot of the sports, uh, particularly the professional sports, because they don't really seem. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but I just don't get into professional sports. Uh, Major League Baseball, I'm a Reds fan. But even even that said, even this year when they had a decent team toward the end of the year, it was still difficult for me to get into it until the playoffs. And <laughs> that was ridiculous. I, I guess the point I'm, I'm really trying to make is, is that college football is really the only sport I, I, I get into heavily uh, anymore. And so, yeah. Yeah, you go a long time without having it at the beginning of any season, whether it's this 2020 year or any of the other years. I'll watch some of these games that I wouldn't have normally watched. You know, those Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday games that the MAC teams play, you know, or Arkansas State playing, you know, some uh, FCS team. you know, like, yeah, give me, give me, give me the football, give me the football. Uh, but then obviously after about a week or so, when the real teams start playing and you get ensconced in, you know, the, those games, 
then the uh, uh, the other the other affinity kind of wears off. Uh, and so by the bowl season, yeah, a lot of these games I don't really care about. Uh, I only care about some of these big matchups because uh, I've been sated uh, with respect to uh, college football up to that point. Now just give me the big the good games. And so yeah, a lot of these being terrible matchups, I, I really don't care. Right. Yes, I figured, you know, we'll talk about a, a couple of those games. Obviously, we'll do our playoff preview uh, separately. Uh, those two games we'll do uh, after, uh, probably after the weekend into next week to give you some time to digest that before those games are played. But mm-hmm. uh, other than that, you know, I figured run, run through, through some of these more intriguing matchups, some of these games you're excited about, and then we'll just kind of, you know, go hot shot down the rest of the list so we can get all the the picks in and uh, see how the bull season goes. Smashing there, boy, smashing. So lead us. Where shall we go first? Um, probably the first one upcoming that I see that I'm excited about is Liberty versus the Chanticleers. The Chanticleers, uh, oh yes. I, Let's do talk about the Chanticleers first. I am disappointed that Coastal Carolina got matched up to play Liberty and not uh, a higher, you know, Power Five team because you know that's what we all kind of wanted to see, especially after eleven and zero year, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's a little disappointing that they get to, that they have to play Liberty, but it's still a good matchup nonetheless. Liberty nine and one, uh, a high octane offense. Coastal Carolina favored by six. Uh, this this should be an intriguing game. Uh, I think, you know, not not great defenses, uh, both more high octane offenses. Uh, this I think this one could could be up for a shootout. Uh, and in that type of game, you know, or it could go either way. If this was a tough one to pick, um, I, I've rode with them all year, so I'm gonna ride with them. To the to the end, but uh, I'm going to take the Chanticleers with eight. And I said, "Dear boy, that is fantastic." Did you hear Did my you... little spiel? I heard your right. spiel, dear boy. I heard your spiel, and it was fantastic. And we should, of course, hear your spiel. And they are excited, these privileged roosters, to accept your eight. I, too, am going to ride with the Chanticleers, although I think um, if there's a game for them to lose, this would be it. I think Liberty has played extremely well this year, to your point. Uh, High-octane offense. Uh, Their blemish is to a Power 5 team, Um, and that Power 5 team's not bad. I think it was NC State, right? And NC State is 8-3, ranked team so and it was only a few points they, they only lost they, they lost a very close game uh to nc state so i think this is going to be a tough haul for the sean declares but like you i there was one time when i did not take them and i regretted it uh so i've been riding them ever since and i'm going to ride them uh on this one as well uh i am going to take them with 10 all right all right, dear boy. What shall be next? 
uh, going down the list. Next one for me, uh, Oklahoma State in Miami. Uh, I think this is this is a I think it'll be a good game, an interesting matchup because two uh, pretty disappointing teams this year uh, from both their conferences. Uh, just kind of you know have good records, but you know they get beat by the top teams in their league, uh, and now they're just both kind of sitting there at the back of the top twenty-five rankings, uh, getting to play one another. Uh, yep. And my, my Miami favored by two points. Or, I'm sorry, Oklahoma State favored by two points. Right. Yeah, Which, Oklahoma for me, State. makes it a pick em. Yeah, absolutely. So it's basically, you know, who's going to win this game. Um, but I, you know, especially after seeing Miami play, um, you know, Oklahoma State does not have that high-octane offense like, uh, like North Carolina does, like Clemson does. But even still... Uh, still one of the better defenses. Miami has, has struggled against even mediocre ones uh, in the ACC. A lot of close games. Uh, their offense isn't great either. Uh, so that type of game, I'm going to take the better defense. And I'm, you know, we've kind of faded Miami all year, talking about how they never deserve to be in the top ten. Uh, so the, basically, this is my pick. Uh, kind of, you know, putting my money where my mouth is, so to speak. So uh, I'm going to put. My highest, I'm putting 27 uh, on Oklahoma State. <laughs> That's kind of funny. You know why? Because <laughs> you did the same? <laughs> because I did the same. Oh, I'm putting my, my highest 27 on Oklahoma State as well uh, for all the reasons awesome. you said. I'm going with the defense in this one. Um, the key point uh, in, in those games that uh, um, Miami played where they won, I don't think any of those teams really had decent defenses. North Carolina doesn't have that great of a defense. Um, Oklahoma State, I do think it's not as good as I, I, as I expected it to be this year, but I do think it's a, a good enough defense. I think offensively, they're not a juggernaut, but they will put it together. Um, yeah, I don't really have a lot of respect for Miami, and I'm going with Oklahoma State with my highest on this one as well, 27. That's too funny. Alright, uh, take us somewhere. Take us somewhere. You and me, why don't we stay, uh, loosely speaking, in the state of Oklahoma? And let's look at Florida and Oklahoma. Yeah, good uh, good matchup, I, I feel. It is. So tell us. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. Some of these have been tough ones because, you know, players have been opting out for some of these bowl games. And, uh, you know, I haven't. I didn't have time to do a lot of research on, you know, what people for what teams, uh, at least for all the teams. I mean, I know Kyle Pitts is declared for the draft, which is a huge thing for Florida, uh, missing him. Still, though, they have a, a really good offense. Oklahoma has been playing really well down the stretch. Their defense, uh, led by Alex Grinch, who, you know, we were glad left Ohio State, uh, but he's seem to be doing a lot better uh, their defense yeah, has actually maybe been regretting that <laughs> <laughs> maybe they've actually been playing pretty well this year uh and all through the uh, up up through the uh big 12 championship game so uh, i think that will greatly benefit them uh florida you know for as much as you know we we don't think they deserve to be in the in the top 10 um yeah i think this is a good good matchup for them in oklahoma 
But I also think it's a good matchup for both teams because Oklahoma's offense is still really good. Florida's defense is terrible. Uh, you can put a lot of you can put a lot of uh, points on that team. So uh, I feel like this could be another shootout type game. Um, but with Oklahoma's defense playing a little bit better, uh, I'm going to take Oklahoma in this one. I'm not super confident because this. I feel this game really could go either way. Uh, I don't really know how how much either team is going to be motivated. Um, but I have. Florida is a three-point favorite, uh, yes. so I'm gonna I'm gonna take Oklahoma, but only with four. Only with four. Okay. All right. So I yeah I tend to agree. I think the deciding factor for me on this one is as Oklahoma's defense has actually gotten better, which I didn't honestly think I would say. Uh, you know, it's really ripping on their defense at the beginning of the year, and they gave me every reason to uh, with their performances early in the year. I mean, they lost their first two games, giving up over 30 points each game. They gave up a lot of points to uh, Texas in that rivalry. I think it was around 40-plus points. Uh, so, yeah, uh, had every reason uh, to diss that defense because their defense for the past several years has looked terrible, uh, and it looked like it was going to be the same thing this year. Uh, but it has gotten not just marginally, but considerably better. Uh, you know, and, and I think, you know, by degrees each week, it was getting better. Uh, and, and so I think with that, their offense to me is still on the order of Alabama. Uh, I, I see Oklahoma scoring like Alabama did against Florida, like A&M did against Florida. I see that happening. Um, I don't know that, uh, Florida has enough. Uh, I'm a bit more confident in it. I'm going with Oklahoma with 17. 17, all right. Okay. Let's jump down to – here's one for you. As I was talking about SEC and their matchups, let's try on A&M and North Carolina. Hmm. A&M, North Carolina. Obviously, uh, so I have – a&M favored by seven. Yes. And this one, which is a little bit of a tough one. Uh, North Carolina, I know their their best. Uh, I think they had a few guys opt out already. Their best tackler on defense. Uh, Who did? Best uh, running back, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, so that's a little bit tough. Obviously, I think A&M, you know, will be. Uh, upset about this matchup and I think they'll go into it uh you know wanting to prove something most likely uh and obviously North Carolina doesn't have a, a great defense and so I think you know depending on which Kellen Mond shows up you know the good one could obviously exploit that um and you know we've talked about don't really haven't really thought much of North Carolina this this whole year but that being said, um, I, I still think this is a bad matchup for North Carolina. Yeah, Texas A&M's Texas defense is okay, but uh, North Carolina's offense, uh, even without their best running back, they still have uh, another good one. Um, I still think they'll be able to throw the ball around a bit. It is a touchdown favorite. I wish it was a little bit more higher of a spread for A&M, but... Uh, I'm going to roll the dice here. I'm going to take North Carolina um, to, to keep it close, even if they don't win. Um, I'm going to take them with 13. 13. Okay. 
I, I, I <laughs> the way you were talking, I expected that one to be a, a bit lower than that. So when I first looked at this game, uh, saw the matchup, uh, my immediate thought went to, I think North Carolina can win this outright. Um, I think part of that was me just still being, you know, so annoyed by, <laughs> you know, Jimbo Fisher and his whininess. Um, which, by the way, it, you know, it came to my attention that, uh, you know, I talked to a friend and they had listened to the episode and they said, you know, two things. Number one, it sounds like you're getting a little bit angrier with each episode. <laughs> it's like, uh, that's mostly because just a culmination of, you know, the college football playoff committee being overtly obnoxiously stupid. Uh, the media, mostly centered around ESPN, continually being obnoxiously stupid. Uh, and then just the icing on the cake are these coaches that are being obnoxiously stupid. You know, Brian Kelly, Dabo Sweeney, uh, Jimbo Fisher. It's just so annoying uh, that I, I just don't, uh, I don't get their angle. You know, I think Dabo Sweeney, especially, you know, just as a quick aside, this guy starting in the playoffs is the number two seed. Why do you continue about Ohio State playing six games. I don't get the angle. I don't really understand what you're trying to prove. Uh, I do think Clemson's good enough to where I don't think um, you know bulletin board material in the locker room is really going to shift this game much. Uh, but really, that's the only thing that can happen for as dumb as he, he's acting is, is that it could serve to maybe be a negative for his team. So I don't really get his angle. And Brian Kelly, this guy, you know, the week prior in his holier-than-thou arrogance, oh, well, family can't play, then we might opt out of the playoffs. You're going to opt out of the playoffs if family can't come to the game. Yeah, pull this leg and it plays jingle bells. Yeah, and then immediately afterwards, after he gets in the ACC championship game, he, he's making his quote-unquote case. Uh, you know, why they should be in the playoffs and proceeds to rip on teams that, you know, they didn't play as many games as, okay, so what is it, Brian? You know, last week when you thought it was a sure thing, you were going to be in the playoffs. Oh, we may not go to the playoffs because they won't let family come. And then all of a sudden, you know, fighting for your dear life, you know, recognizing that, hey, you may not get into the playoffs. Then you start digging on these other teams, you know? So it's just a combination uh, of all of those. The other thing was uh, that I contradicted myself with respect to uh, A&M because earlier, uh, about a week or so ago, in an earlier episode, I had said, um, if I were an A&M fan, yeah, I would be a little bit put off, you know, Ohio State being uh, put over them. I said, there's no contradiction there. Those are two very different things. In this last episode, I'm telling Jimbo Fisher to shut up because what he's saying is absolutely stupid, right? His fans, A&M and their fans, we bombast. You know, we, we get anxious. We, we want to be in a game. You know, saying that I can understand, I empathize with the A&M fan and where they are is very different from calling Jimbo Fisher out for being a complete buffoon, which he, he was. You know, think back to your... Sixth grade, eighth grade, I don't know. Whenever you took an English class that taught you how to write a thesis paper, you know, when you write that thesis, you, you start out with a thesis paragraph, you know, and, and in that first paragraph, you tend to support it with at least three things, 
you know, you kind of make mention of them because those three things or more are what you're then going to elaborate on in several paragraphs beyond it to support your thesis. Uh, you know, a thesis, uh, you know, uh, paper, you don't just have one thing to prove your point. If you only have one thing to prove your point in the thesis paper, you're going to get a D, maybe an F. A D, maybe because you at least put some effort into it. And then you, of course, summarize it all in the conclusion. So basically, here is Jimbo Fisher's thesis. Ohio State shouldn't be in the playoffs because they played less games. My first paragraph is, Ohio State didn't play as many games as Texas A&M, so I don't think they should be in the playoffs. As I'm talking through this, I'm thinking of Ralphie in Christmas Story and his you know, lame attempt at writing his paper about a you know, Red Rider BB gun. And then Jimbo Fisher's conclusion would be then, okay, to sum up, I don't think Ohio State should be in the playoffs because they didn't play as many games. Whereas my thesis would be Ohio State should be in the playoffs because they're the number one undefeated Big Ten champion. Number two, they beat more ranked teams than the team I'm comparing them to. Number three, they uh, their overall record of the teams they played on the aggregate is better than the team I'm comparing to. See, I already have three things. You know, and I'm, I'm, you know, put them in my thesis and I summarize it. So what I'm doing is I'm calling out Jimbo Fisher for acting like a complete idiot. You know, not recognizing the fact that his team got lambasted, you know, um, in the in the laws that they had. Not recognizing that those teams that he played in those 10 to 11 games, they suck, right? So, no, those are two different things. Empathizing with the A&M fan base is very different from calling out Jimbo Fisher for being a complete buffoon. Which, by the way, go watch Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. There is an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> That looks exactly like Jimbo Fisher. And I really believe if you paint Jimbo Fisher orange, he's an Oompa Loompa. All right. So that was a complete digression. So <laughs> what he's saying is, welcome to Buckeye Bombast, where you come for the football and stay for learning how to write a thesis. That's right. Exactly. You can learn how to write a thesis. <laughs> because clearly Jimbo Fisher, now, Jimbo Fisher doesn't clearly know how to write one. Dabo Sweeney doesn't know how to write one. Brian Kelly doesn't know how to write one. Okay. So what does all, all that right, so what's mean? Your pick? What, what's my pick? <laughs> uh, I, I think um, I do think UNC might win this one outright, uh, but I do grant you that is a tough tough road to haul here. Uh, so I am going to take North Carolina. Not as confident as you. After all of that, after all of that bombast. I'm only putting four on North Carolina. All right. Okay. You take us to the next. It's, um, let's go to, uh, let's go to a, I think it is an interesting matchup. Um, we'll go to another SEC game. Uh, and where I think Northwestern here kind of gets screwed, uh, but they play a six and four Auburn team. Uh, one that just hired a new head coach, Boise State's head coach, which I thought was extremely interesting. Yeah, that is an uh, interesting one. I, that's I never saw that one coming. So I mean, no. Hey, hey they saw something. Uh, yeah, maybe it'll work out for them. But uh, Northwestern here favored by three and a half, um, which. Uh, I originally looked at it as like, why is it only three and a half? But if you look closer, I mean, it's Northwestern. You know. 
Uh, Northwestern is the type of football team uh, who plays extremely sound defense, uh, and they're not gonna, you know, flash, uh, flash and dash you. Uh, they're gonna play fundamentally sound football, uh, and they're yeah. gonna beat you their way. Uh, so I think three and a half is a fine spread, uh, and I, I'm still gonna take Northwestern. Uh, Auburn, an okay defense, uh, probably will be good enough to stop Northwestern pretty well, but uh, that Auburn's offense, I don't think will be able to do much at all. Uh, I think Northwestern probably go similar mindset they did against Ohio State, limit Bo Nix and his ability to escape the pocket, force him to throw. He's not very accurate anyways. Um, I could see this, you know, this game being extremely low scoring, like a 16-10 type of game. Uh, but I, I'm going to go with Northwestern. Uh, I think that defense handles Auburn. Uh, you know, I think they continue to prove while, while, while they're a great defense. I mean, they only allow six and a half yards per passing attempt, which in this day and age is wild. Yeah, well, uh, that's, that's, that's amazing feat. So uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with Northwestern in their defense, and I'm going to ride high. I'm going 22 on the Wildcats. Wow, 22. Okay. Yeah, I, I not much more that I can add to what you say or said. Um, I tend to agree with that, and a lot of that goes into my thinking as well. Interestingly, though, this one I wasn't overly confident in, uh, but it was another one of those relative things, relatively speaking, uh, against some of the other games. I was just a bit more confident. I'm taking Northwestern. I'm taking them with 20, so very close to you. Uh, one of the things that does kind of give me pause, I, I don't know enough about Auburn's running game. And if anything, I, I think you're right. I think uh, Northwestern will have a very similar game plan. Uh, they will, they will, you know, force Bo Nix into some decisions, and I think they'll equip themselves well. But they also have a game tape out there with Trey Sermon running for 331 yards on them. Um, most of it being in one half of play. Uh, in fact, uh, if I take 60 off of 331, that gives, leaves me at 271. So in one half of play, Trey Sermon ran for 271 yards. That, that's, I, I am going with Northwestern with 20, but I, I, I still, uh, you know, if Auburn can muster a running game, that might change. Right. Okay. All right, what's next? Um, let me go to, uh, I think an interesting matchup is um, this the one in a, the kind of the old uh, old school Big 12 matchup, Texas and Colorado. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do think that's an interesting one. Three lost Texas against, you know, Colorado team who uh, just – Lost the one game to Utah, and you know, of course, has only played five games, and so it's a uh, it's tough for them because you don't really know what type of team they are. Uh, but even for them, they still had a magical year, you know, going four and one. Yeah, and of course, Texas, who is you know just kind of not not lived up to you know their standards. Uh, obviously, their offense, who we thought was going to be amazing, has not. Uh, has not lived up to par. So, you know, I in that 
type of scenario. Um, you know, I think Texas is favored for a reason, and I think as well they should be because I see this Texas team similar to that Utah team that played Colorado. Uh, I don't know if Colorado will be able to uh, run the ball very well in Texas. I don't know if they'll be able to get a lot of chunk yards, so it may be tough to score. But at the same time, I don't think Texas is just going to run full steam against Colorado. So you're giving me 12 points on Texas. Uh, I don't know it's going to be all that high-scoring game. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to take Colorado on, on this one. Oh, I'm actually okay. Gonna, I'm actually going to go pretty high on them. Uh, this was wow. kind of this was kind of relative, but uh, it also turned into the fact that I just think Texas is really underachieved this year, and uh, even if they do win this game, I think that's going to continue. Uh, I look for Colorado to to bounce back and bounce back big. So give me twenty three on the Buffaloes. Oh, that's a big one. Um, I'm going in the complete opposite direction. Uh, I agree. Uh, I don't. I, I think on the aggregate, Texas, their offense hasn't lived up to hype. Uh, I also think on the aggregate, their defense is completely underwhelmed uh, with the um, talent that they recruited on defense, what they had returning and bringing in a national championship um, caliber defensive coordinator. I really expected a lot more out of the defense. Uh, so they really underwhelmed there as well. But I will say... Um, Right when those rumors started flying about Texas looking for another coach, something happened. <laughs> Texas started playing offense a bit better. Um, he wasn't taking any prisoners, uh, Tom Herman. He was just obliterating people after that. And yes, they weren't very good, but he was really turning it on. I think it's going to be the same thing here. I think Colorado um, kind of got a little bit lucky. You know, it was Pac-12. They didn't have a lot of games that they played. Uh, I don't there wasn't enough for me to really gauge the competition um, that they had in the Pac-12. Uh, so I, I kind of think Colorado might be a little bit of a paper tiger here. Uh, I think Tom Herbin's going to go in with that same offensive mindset that he's going to want to obliterate these guys. Uh, I'm going with Texas with 18. A big one indeed. Indeed, my good man. A fair point. Yeah, I do agree that they have, you know, he has turned it on since those rumors, but. All right. Hey, maybe take a couple more and then we'll just kind of go through a, a rapid round to fill them in. Sure. What other um, ones look compelling to you? I think this one's compelling uh, just because out of all the teams, this is probably one of the worst matchups I think they could get. Uh, and that's Indiana. Taking you, that's on, where you're yeah, taking on Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss, of course, four and five, and you know Indiana's been a big darling of the, the Big Ten this year. So, you know, of course, they not only do they get eleventh, they get matched up with a under five hundred Ole Miss team. Yeah, which is just asinine. But it here is. We are. Um, I think. Let's see, Indiana. Favored by, uh, favored by six and a half. Yeah, six and a half. So, I uh, I still think even without uh, Penix, I still think Indiana wins this game. You know, Ole Miss is 
defense is absolutely atrocious. They are bad. Um, Indiana uh, still they've they've ridden their defense all year. Uh, you know they still against a high octane offense like Ohio State they they did give up forty two points and they give up a lot of rushing yards, uh, which you know gives me cause for concern against Ole Miss who. Uh, especially, you know, they live off of, of schemes, right? These extremely complex schemes that they're just gonna, you know, do all this motion and just, you know, hope to beat you with it. Uh, but that being said, you know, the quarterback is a turnover machine. Uh, they don't hold on to the ball very well. And uh, Indiana's defense, I mean, Indiana's defense, and a lot of these Big Ten defenses are pretty good. Uh, and then they did prove that throughout the year. So, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think they're gonna fall for all that, you know, trickery. Uh, that mumbo jumbo. That mumbo jumbo. I think you know Tom Allen, like he's gonna be coming pissed. Uh, he's they're gonna be ready to play, um, especially against an SEC team. You know, to prove that they should have been in a better bowl, been ranked higher, um, even if their offensive game isn't that great it really doesn't have to be because they're playing old miss you know they should be able to do anything they want uh, against old miss so i'm going to take indiana to uh to win by more than a touchdown give me indiana with 16 with 16 all right so yes i agree old miss um is a defense optional team uh yes they can be very good on offense when they want to uh just look at what they did against Alabama. Um, the way Alabama has been playing the last six games, maybe, uh, I think I would suffice to say that their defense is much better than Indiana's, although Indiana does have a very good defense. Uh, but I, I think, yes, I think Indiana, Tom Allen especially, got to be really put off by this. Um, I, I think he knows that Ohio State deserved to be in the Big Ten Championship over his team because they lost. Uh, but still, uh, it was within the realm of possibility up until uh, the Big Ten decided to change their quote-unquote rule uh, that they could have played in the Big Ten Championship game. So had that wrangled from him. And then, yeah, to your point, okay, a one-loss Big Ten team that's um, inappropriately, inappropriately ranked at 11 should be higher, but that being said, that's still pretty high for Indiana at the end of the year. And you're giving me a sub 500 team. Uh, that, yeah, that's, that's got to rub the wrong way. Uh, I, I think that their defense will uh, um, prevail in this one. I don't know what to expect much from them offensively. However, you know, oldness is terrible. Uh, defense, like you said. So, I am going to go with Indiana as well. I'm taking them with 11. All right. And a quick update. Uh, the score is final. Memphis did win 25 to 10. So you yay, did. Yay, <laughs> so you got that one. And I am right now three and one. You are at two and two. So yeah. Still a lot of games left to play. Definitely a lot of games left to play. All right, so you want to take one or two more, and then we'll go rapid fire. Uh, sure. Um, any any other games that you know you find really interesting, or at least matchup wise? Yes, uh, one I find interesting is Iowa Missouri. Um, 
this is Iowa is pretty good. Um, I, I think they, they, they struggled at the beginning of the year, lost a couple of games. One of those was an extremely close game to uh, Northwestern. Uh, they probably could have won that game, but you know, lost that one. I think the other one was a close one to Purdue. I can't remember offhand. So they, they lost a couple at the beginning of the year, and then they looked pretty strong. Um, they didn't really look like they were tested all that much afterwards. So I think Iowa is a, a fairly strong team, but Missouri, uh, you know, although I don't think they're great, they, they, they're a decent team uh, and they can put up some points. And so I don't know that I'm buying that 15 point spread there. Uh, I do think Iowa is going to win this game. I think they're the better team. Uh, which should look good in a you know another head-to-head. You know, if Indiana wins and Iowa wins, those are two head-to-head against the SEC. I would love that, uh, but I don't know that they're going to cover that spread. In fact, I'm fairly confident to the tune of 21 that Missouri's going to cover that. Interesting. So uh, originally, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Man, 15 points for Iowa. Uh, until I looked a little bit deeper, Iowa has been playing really well. Their defense has, has been playing extremely well. Uh, and Missouri has been a hit or miss team. Um, their offense has, has played decent, but if you look again, you know, if you look against the, the teams that they played, especially uh, when they got a lot of those points, th- those are pretty terrible defenses. You know, when they faced uh, any any decent defense. They didn't score a lot of points, uh, and I don't think they will here. Uh, looking at the past couple weeks, too, their defense has just been absolutely decimated, and it continues to do, continues to be. Um, so even though Iowa's not a great offensive team, uh, with the uh, all the players that are going to be out for Missouri on their defense, uh, I think Iowa will easily cover that spread. I don't think Missouri's going to score much, and uh, I think Iowa's going to roll. So give me Iowa with 25. 